This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison, and with me this week, as always, are is Austin Hoffman and Ryan O'Connor. But this week, we also have a special guest, Noah Downs. Noah, say hello. Hello, everybody. And thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to discuss music licensing in video games, music licensing on streams with Twitch and YouTube Live and all that Facebook Live and YouTube gaming, I think it is. And we're going to talk about the uh, the problems that occur there because it's one of the main reasons that streams get muted or one of the main reasons that streams get taken down because people don't understand the rules behind using music in their streams or certainly in their games. Uh, so so from a real high level, when I do consults with video game studios, which I do a ton of, a lot of them never think about hiring a composer or a musical artist. They usually just go and say, hey, we're going to get somebody later. We're going to figure out, uh, we're just going to go to some royalty-free music website and, and take the stuff from it. But as we've discussed before, that's not always the case. So Noah, what's the biggest problem when people just kind of Google royalty-free music and throw it in their games and that's all their homework? Yeah, what they're doing essentially is they're taking a huge risk because if for some reason someone has say downloaded a song that they really liked um, and then uploaded it and said this is royalty free because I've uploaded it that doesn't work it, it, if it's a dead mouse single then they're gonna get sued taken down or, or worse so the the main problem is finding music that is actually royalty free and then once you find that music that's actually royalty free you have to get the right to put it in a video right um, and that right is going to be it, there are there are a lot of different rights associated when you have a copyright to something and you don't automatically license all those rights when you grant a license exactly but, but what we're saying here is basically when you see Star Wars and then somebody writes in the description, no copyright intended, that's that happens all the time. And everybody knows that's ridiculous. Unfortunately, a lot of people upload music to SoundCloud or to YouTube or whatever. And in the description, they'll write royalty free, open source, whatever. And it's it's just absolutely not those things. But people aren't familiar with every song like they're familiar with most popular movies. So it, it becomes a more common problem. So, Noah, what are all those different rights associated with a copyright? So, basically, when it comes to music, there's a bundle of rights. So, think of it like a, you got a bundle of sticks, and all put together, you got a song. But there's individual sticks that you can pull out and do different things with. For example, you can uh, reproduce a song. You can include the song in a video. You can perform a song in public. Uh, you can display or reprint lyrics from that song or jukebox as well. That's a completely separate right as well. So there's a whole bunch of different rights associated with that copyright. But the one that really applies to streaming and, us, and putting that song with video in the context of Twitch, Mixer, etc., everything – is the synchronization rights. Synchronization rights? What are those? Well, you know, you're going to have to talk to a lawyer. Uh, Aren't you a lawyer? 
<laughs> that's that's what they tell me. Um, I mean, that is that is a good segue, or at least uh, part for the disclaimer. Noah is an attorney licensed in Virginia, and uh, obviously everything on this episode is not legal advice, as we said in the general disclaimer before the show. But again, everything we're doing here, if Noah says this is normally okay and this is normally not okay, it doesn't mean follow that and go make your game or do your stream and, and think you're following those rules correctly. Everybody's specific situation and facts are always going to change this stuff. So always do talk to an attorney before following legal advice. Wow, it almost sounds like you've had to say that a lot. You now so now let's do it. Do. Perfect. So uh, <laughs> I say it often. <laughs> a synchronization license basically is the right to take the music, as we call it, and add it to the video content. Um, you need a synchronization license for use songs in commercials. Movies, TV shows, uh, live streams, YouTube videos, etc. So essentially, when you are as a content creator um, syncing syncing music with a video, you've got to have a synchronization license. It can't you can't just go off to one of the major agencies. You might have heard of them, BMI, ASCAP, and get a license from them. Those folks give you a completely different right. Um, and so a lot of gamers think, well, you know, I, I, I'm registered with BMI, I'm registered with ASCAP. That means that I can um, use the, this music in my stream, that is 100% incorrect. Those entities do not have the right to give you uh, the right to synchronize that music with your stream. You can only get that. And, and to that folks. point, some, sometimes the artist doesn't even have the right. I can't tell you how many clients we have come to us and say, hey, you know, I Facebook messaged this, this EDM artist that I really like, and he said I could use the song. Little, maybe that artist isn't even aware, but he, oftentimes they signed with a record label or someone else that he gave all those rights too. He gave ownership of that music too. How would they yeah. not know that? Like, oh come on! I mean, most people, people sign read things without contracts. reading it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, it's not like they're like a 1950s Motown singer. Like, come on! Like, they you have to know at this point. Like, but what if it is a 1950s Motown singer? The rights to the content that you create slipped your mind. Oh come on! You made something like five years ago, and you signed some stuff, and you haven't thought about it in forever. And somebody asks you a question. Oh, can I use this? Like, oh yeah, sure. I'd love to help you out. And it's I mean, in all seriousness, it happens commonly. I mean, the old this example in copyright being assigned and abused and stolen is the high school band that signs with a record label. There's a lot of musicians out there and they're oftentimes struggling or they're looking for their big break. And a lot of them, the second that opportunity comes across, they will sign anything put in front of them without reading it. They might know that they're giving ownership. They might not really truly grasp that. They just want to be promoted. They want a distribution deal. They want to make it. They, they want a living off their music, and they will sign whatever that rec record label sends them. That 100-page contract gets signed. It's not like a one-sheeter that says, we own you now. It says that over the course of 100 pages, and that's what these guys do. And the problem we find even more commonly is an artist will say to someone in a Facebook message or an email or whatever, sure, use my songs. The streamer or the YouTuber will use all that stuff and then create this whole backlog. Let's say it's the the theme song to their YouTube series is this artist song that he, they got permission to. And every one of their videos has that theme song now with the music there. Well, five years later, maybe that artist signs with the record label and then assigns all his rights over there. He just doesn't want to manage his library anymore even. And then that record label will go through YouTube and take down this guy's entire backlog rightfully. And it's even though he had permission, that license has now been revoked because the rights were assigned to someone else and that that new entity revoked the license. Uh, that stuff happens all the time. So and on a yeah. more and like on a more modern note with with the bands, uh, the high school band signing, 
Um, you've got these artists who are self-publishing and they go online, they see CD Baby saying, hey, we can double the revenue you get from your uh, YouTube channel and from your YouTube plays. And they say, hey, double the revenue. I want 20 bucks. And they <laughs> sign away the rights to their YouTube content. And then when like a content creator comes along and says, hey, I really like this song. I want to put it in my intro video. And then they upload that video to YouTube. They can't monetize that video because CD Baby's monetizing it and preventing them from doing it. Goddamn CD Baby. CD Babies. I don't even know what CD Baby is, but now I went from thinking it was spelled like compact disc CD to now CD like sketchy. So it's C CD Baby. I want I want some fan art of CD Baby that is just a sketchy baby. <laughs> They're actually our sponsor, so let's move on. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 let's set the no one works with a company that's super interesting and I want to get into that and and certainly room for plugs but I want before we get to what you guys do I want to explain to everyone why there was a need for it and I think uh it would be interesting to run through kind of the history of Twitch and dealing with this music issue now it started with people just kind of playing Spotify or their own music or whatever while they're streaming and Twitch had this problem instantly where there was DMCA takedowns being sent or, 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 you know, live streams uh, being just ripped, ripped down because those that they didn't have rights to that music. Uh, Twitch eventually came up with the idea to just mute the audio, basically, I believe. And I don't even know. Is that currently how it still works, Noah? Yeah, they still they still mute VODs. That's how it works. Exactly. But then Twitch came up with their own uh, music library called the Twitch Music Library, funny enough. But what's interesting about that is that a lot of the Twitch music library, they originally cleared for use, but it's not actively maintained. At least that is what I've been informed by someone who is knowledgeable of the situation. So essentially what the, the synchronization rights in that library were time constrained and the, they've expired. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, no. So people are still using the Twitch music library. And in some cases, music lists that they created intentionally might not actually be legal. Exactly. And Twitch, please don't come after me. I love you a lot. But um, <laughs> it's I'm not sure whether even half of those licenses are still valid. And none of us are affiliated with Twitch or, or have any insider information here. This is all just kind of understanding music licensing law and the issues associated with it that even Twitch has problems with. It's 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 a massive issue across YouTube, Twitch, and, and every other uh, streaming platform you can imagine. Now, a, a question that gets asked to me a lot, and since you're the music expert, I'll let you handle it, is why do live streams not get muted but VODs do? Is it too hard to police the live streams, or is a live stream a different kind of risk than a VOD is? And a it's, bot it's, being a video of the day. To to my knowledge, it's too hard to police the live streams. Um, and so, uh, with a VOD, since it's recorded, it's easier to go through it and say, "Oh, hey, this this three minutes and forty five seconds perfectly matches up with a uh, Tiesto or something like that." And um, so that section would get muted. Now, what's uh, a it, Tiesto? A, a, a Tiesto. Um, oh God, just Google it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Google it, audience. <laughs> You're going to do it just like your hosts are. Just uh, if you're driving, don't Google it. Um, so uh, but yeah, so uh, to my knowledge, the reason it's not done live is because uh, it's just too hard to monitor at that point. And what is their responsibility with this? Is Twitch doing this because they're looking out for their streamers and YouTube's not? It's it's it sounds very similar, if not identical to the content ID system that YouTube has, where it kind of auto polices the website. It doesn't wait for a DMCA takedown. It preemptively says, this is an obvious copyright infringement. We're going to take it down and police it ourselves. But but why do that? 
So the reason they do that is exactly that. They want to be DMCA compliant. They want to maintain their service provider status. And so by preemptively doing this, um, they're they're maintaining that and they're following the exact stats of YouTube. Uh, the problem here is that YouTube knows a lot more than Twitch does about this because uh, YouTube stars have been slapped with multi-million dollar lawsuits already over synchronization licensing. Um, uh, in 2015, the YouTube star Michelle Fan, she uh, had uh, Ultra Records sued the crap out of her because she was using their music and her videos. I think she made makeup videos. And uh, she ended up settling out of court, but she had to take down all of that content. And that's right about when uh, YouTube folks were saying, oh, hey, I need to start finding royalty-free music because she got slammed. They're going to start coming after people. And we'll do a whole episode on the, the safe harbor provisions because it's it, there's a huge – Oh, entertaining yeah. argument about this content ID and this auto policing themselves might actually hurt them more than help them because they're they're almost under the 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 rules there the safe harbor provision they're supposed to kind of not be policing themselves and, and if they do they're opening up the door to a lot more liability uh, they're supposed to only be compliant when they get told about something because the the whole argument behind safe harbor is saying our website is too massive to police it ourselves. We can't possibly do this. So when we get a DMCA takedown, we will comply with it. But now saying now almost proving that they can police themselves makes this a, a trickier conversation for the long run. But that again, terrifying, though, it's another what, like, episode. It's, it's not an <laughs> issue until it's an issue and we'll deal with it then. That doesn't sound like it's fixing anything. Well, it's not about fixing it. It's about YouTube gets 70 days worth of, of content uploaded every hour or whatever the ridiculous stat is. And they quite literally can't police themselves. There's just too much going on. Uh, this was before there was the idea of having just a program troll through the website and find content ID matches. Uh, it used to the, the arguments and the policies were made around the idea of YouTube having to employ 70 billion people to keep up with this. And it's just not doable. So on the flip side, they said, YouTube, you won't be liable as long as you instantly take down anything that is a copyright uh, that infringes on a copyright of someone else. And it basically put the enforcement back in the hands of the copyright holder rather than in the, the hands of the host website. So if you're uploading Star Wars, it would be on Disney to check YouTube and have the takedowns issued rather than YouTube saying, whoa, 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 one of our users uploaded Star Wars. And that does make sense. It's the only thing that was fair at the time. But like I said, there's there's that's changing. And we these websites are able to kind of check for this stuff. And that's where this will become a lot more interesting. But let's say that I'm a popular streamer and I want to have some nice music in the background. Where am I supposed to actually get music that I can trust? Ha <laughs> ha. You set well, him up perfectly to plug his new his new uh, company. <laughs> well done, sir. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this wonderful website called pretzel.rocks. Um, that is the actual URL, www.pretzel.rocks. Is that rocks like Internet R-O-X or like rocks? R-O-C-K-S. We are, we are not 15, so we like to spell words <laughs> out. Um, and so basically it's curated royalty-free music for video content creators. Um, and uh, what it allows folks to do is we grant synchronization licenses to content creators on behalf of the artist. So let me break that down because that was a lot of legalese. Um, basically what Pretzel has done is they've negotiated and continue to negotiate directly with musicians uh, or the people that have the rights for those musicians, such as their labels. 
and we sign contracts directly with every single artist that will end up in the catalog. Basically, what these these artists are doing is they're giving us the right to issue synchronization licenses on their behalf. So uh, what a lot of content creators do is they open up Spotify in the background. In fact, at one point, uh, the Twitch Music Library encouraged you to use Spotify. Um, Spotify, it's directly against Spotify's terms of service to use Spotify in the background of, say, a Twitch stream. And these are the fantastic facts that nobody knows because they never read these things. I I, I can tell you that even probably Ryan Morrison has not read the Spotify terms of use. <laughs> well, I mean, no one sure has 80 years to read those damn things. Come on now. Yeah, so, I mean, so music is obviously part of video games in a major way, but music is is far from. It is such a unique area of copyright that it is far from my specialty, uh, and that's that's why we wanted to bring you here. I mean, it's it and yeah. and with the pretzel launch, I mean, it just makes a ton of sense. But before we even get super into what pretzel does, which I do want to do. Uh, generally, what is what has been the way to do this right? Uh, not everyone can message every recording artist and say, hey, can I use your song? Can you prove to me you own it and not a record label? Uh, blah, 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 blah. What, what are these, as Austin said, these up-and-coming streamers or even successful streamers, what are they supposed to do if they want background music so five years they, ago? What they have been doing is they've been going directly to um, the labels such as Monster Cat, No Copyright Sound, and 99 Lives, which, you know, the big three um, in the video game space, that and downloading individual tracks, creating a playlist, say, in iTunes or, you know, some Windows version thereof, and playing that in the background of their streams. And sure, that works because those, those companies, at least allegedly, uh, give you the right to use uh, that, their music. And they can grant those synchronization licenses in some cases. Um, but that takes a long time. And if you've only loaded up eight hours of music and you're doing a 24-hour stream, it gets old. Plus, the to go through and create different music and switch up the, the order every single day gets tiresome. Uh, it takes a lot of time. So you'll, what you're finding is a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks are actually putting up licenses, synchronization licenses, on their websites. Approaching Nirvana does this, um, 99 Lives does this, for example, that allows people to download their music and, and do this, uh, to upload the music and put it behind their streams. But that takes forever, and it's annoying as hell. So I just need to go really far back and get myself some Chopin's Raindrop Prelude. But I really want to hear like some like 1700s Baroque classical music for 24-hour stream. Don't you, Austin? Doesn't that get you... In the video gaming mood. Well, that's the problem. Is if if you have a, a recording of a 1700s Baroque song, likely it was recorded within the last 70 years, and somebody still has that copyright. Oh snap! Damn. Well, I just got lawyer schooled. Okay. Boom, baby. We don't get to make jokes here. I mean, the problem is right now if you if you want to stream music that's not you know a DJ or EDM or something like that, you're you're probably not going to be able to in most cases. Uh, I can't tell you how many streams I turn on and they're playing ACDC or Rolling Stones or something. They, they certainly don't have the rights to that. They uh, also do song requests. Like, I love them to death, but Tim the Tapman does song yeah. requests, and he's going to get in trouble for that. Tim, if you're listening, I've got your back, man. So, <laughs> call um, Noah. Call, give me a call. Um, but they do these song requests, and someone says, oh, hey, I want to listen to Van Halen. And they're like, okay, tip me 25 bucks. And all of a sudden, Van Halen's playing, and they're rocking out. And that is super illegal. $25? That should be illegal on the price alone. <laughs> I'm not paying $25 to listen to Van Hagar. All right, but <laughs> we've, as we've proven time and time again, O'Connor only watches C-SPAN and doesn't really understand the current entertainment climate. So 
will leave his judgment on the side. I understand $25 is $25. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair enough. That's I'm correct. sorry, everybody's apparently loaded in future land where you can pay $25 loans. for your crappy Van Hagar song. I'm not paying it. So what is an... What does an artist do if their stream gets muted? Is there is there any kind of appeal process? Is there any kind of, come on, you know, we'll pay a license after the fact? Is there any kind of settlement they can do to get it back up? What's the normal process there? So you can appeal it. So if you if your VOD gets muted, you can appeal it to Twitch and say, hey, I've got a license. Show demonstrable proof of that license um, and you'll be good to go. But oftentimes if you're muted, it's because you don't have a license. So you're really out of luck there. Um, and it's up to the the rights holder whether or not they want to grant you basically a back license and say, you can put that back up, but we get all the revenue from it. Or you can put that back up, but you have to give us all the revenue going forward or whatever it is. That happens. But again, not commonly. It's just not usually in their interest or worth their time to deal with it. So, yeah, I mean, it's if you're asking to not have your VODs and you're asking to have your videos taken down and maybe your stream eventually canceled if you're using music you don't have the rights to. Right, and you know Taylor Swift is not going to take your call if your VOD gets muted. Sorry. It's call me. I know her. We'll take it. No, I'm oh, kidding. Well, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> uh, so, Noah, what's some of the big things that, that you get asked often when you're dealing with clients or you're, you're helping people set up their streams? What, what's the, the big ones? So one of the biggest questions I get, to just rephrase exactly how you asked me the question, is <laughs> that uh, – a lot of folks are saying, hey, I, you know, I'm really good at violin, I'm really good at drums, I'm really good at guitar, or you know, I'm in a symphony that wants to stream on Twitch or Mixer or the Facebook thing. Well, that's nice. That sounds like a cool idea. Yeah, it is a cool idea, except it's super legal if you're not using your own work and you're doing a cover. So the way that covers work, uh, a cover is a completely original recording of an existing song. We all kind of got that. Um, so if he creates a completely original recording of an existing song, he can do that under a mechanical license. It's statutorily set, um, so that means it's set by a law that how much those mechanical licensing um, fees are. However, while, say, Peter Hollins can, uh, can create covers and release them through mechanical licensing, uh, he cannot then or ever play himself... Uh, playing that music on Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, etc. What? That's crazy. If you if you play a cover live on Twitch, you're going to get muted. If you create a cover and upload it to YouTube, you should get a content ID claim. So people play covers on stage all the time and they can't do it on a stream. That's that that's really interesting and also crazy. The reason is even though that person has the right to release that cover or play that cover they don't have the right to issue a synchronization license for that music. So you have there's two completely separate rights. You create the cover and you can play it. But the original artist still has the right to issue synchronization uh, rights to that song in any form that song takes. So say I, I create Happy Birthday and you create a cover of Happy Birthday. You can play that cover of Happy Birthday all you want. But only I can tell somebody they can put happy birthday in any form to video. Copyright's yeah. fun. Copyright. Copyright's so much fun. That's why we went to school. It's Aren't different rights. Fun. I mean, that's that's what people don't – most people listening to this don't know the difference between copyright, trademark, patent, trade secret, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we definitely talked about it in our backlog, which is not available. Isn't that right, Morrison? Well, can and I, then stop talking about our backlog. <laughs> and then when you go into the, the actual weeds of each one, you'll see that copyright isn't just copyright. Copyright is – 
a lot of different rights and you can assign and pick and choose which ones you're, you're licensing. And that's what's what's really important to get across to everyone is, you know, hey, and then the worst argument ever is that guy did it. So I should be allowed to. That's quite literally what a license is. That guy might be licensed and able to do it. And you are not. You you demonstrably do not have a license and you don't know if they do. So I, I I'm sure, Noah, you get told as much as I do. Well, this stream does it. So I'm going to do it. And that's never an answer. I mean, it's just it's not even a good legal argument. Right. It's it's terrible. No. So great. So that that is also where we get the most musical questions to. Hey, I have a stream. Hey, I want to do covers. Uh, is there a good enough response for most people that you're comfortable with? Is there a general, you know, this is usually OK and this is not or should they just not do it ever? Here's what's generally OK. If you and disclaimer can... again, this is not for you, listener, you. This is the general law. But you, listener, you should still talk to an attorney and check. Salute the general law. Everyone has their own specific case. In general, if you want to play a song, say you, you're a really excellent violinist and you want to play a song and say it's let's go back to Van Halen. It's a Van Halen song. You have to talk to Van Halen or the publisher of Van Halen's music to do that. There's just no way around it. Um, even if you say, hey, well, you know, I've, I've signed up with, you know, that PRO, BMI ASCAP. You can't do that. So in general, the answer is no, don't do it unless what you are if you're not charging that. for it. Isn't it fair use then? Ryan Morrison, you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that despite that becoming a meme in and of itself, that that free is not fair use. And people just they're not joking. I still get those questions commonly. Well, my yeah. I'm doing this free. I'm not monetizing my stream. Uh, so isn't aren't I allowed to do this? Isn't that fair use? And before you even get into why no, I, I, I think the, the first step is people forget what monetization even means. They're still taking donations. They still have commercials running. They still have all this other stuff. They, they just for some reason think that someone's not sending them a salary, that it's not monetized. And I, I will never understand that. But I don't get it, in all seriousness, do you want to touch on fair use with music? Whew. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, can, we can try to do that. All right, well, one of my favorite covers ever is uploaded on YouTube. It's a Spanish guitar cover of Gerudo Valley, one, the, one of the Zelda Ocarina of Time songs. Is is that not okay to upload? No. Yeah, that's, that's a quick answer. <laughs> hey, 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 Mr. Morrison, do you think uh, Nintendo gave them the rights? Yeah, no, I do not. Uh, it's, <laughs> instead of Austin's poor examples why don't you go back and, and actually run through where fair use might apply in, in music you know is there ever a fair use argument to be made it, it it is a term it is a defense but isn't it that there's actually always a fair use argument to be made yeah there's always a fair use argument to be made uh however it bears reminding what uh, a great man once said fair use is a defense um and it likely won't defend you um <laughs> and you can't afford it and you <laughs> cannot afford to take that risk well you have to be able to afford the lawyer to take the risk for you Exactly. And lawyers aren't cheap. I can I can promise you that. So I, I would say there 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 honestly, there really isn't a fair use argument. I, I would say the closest fair use argument we've come to would be the dancing baby case. Wouldn't you, Ryan? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um and oh god, I gotta go back and review the facts it's, of that case. Uh, like, like when, the dancing baby from like the nineties? The no, no, no. It's it's Lens V Universal. Lens V Universal basically, and, and we've discussed it briefly on the show before, uh, there was a mother recording her baby dancing, and in the background, there was a Prince music video playing, and the baby was dancing to the Prince music. You could kind of see the video in the, in the, the overall video of Prince, and Universal issued a takedown, and they had uh, the video removed. 
the dancing baby family synced up with, uh, uh, I would assume, many advocacy groups that helped fund it, and they went back and fought it. And the case resulted in basically the court saying that you have to consider fair use before issuing a takedown. No one was watching that video for the Prince song. No one was watching that video for the Prince music video. Uh, and therefore, this video the judge found was fair use, and that should be considered before issuing a takedown. Otherwise, the takedown is, uh, I forget the exact wording, but it's not okay. And that's a, that's a huge decision for fair use that means nothing. Uh, the reason being is most families can't afford to fight universal. Most families can't appeal things like that very efficiently. And it didn't really do a lot to help prove what fair use might be because this video was so obviously not about Prince, not about the song and not about any of that. It was about a dancing baby with the family talking and the, the kid giggling and everything else. No one was using that to replace the, the dollar download from iTunes. But even even that went up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Like exactly. That, that's exactly. why you should never mess with this stuff. Um, in, in fact, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ryan, but the my one of the things that really stuck with me about that case is that the judge in the lower court actually um, uh, rejected the defense that there were no damages in the case and that any damages would be nominal. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it it literally had to get peeled and moved up quite a few times. And I remember, uh, man, I don't want to defame him, but I think it was the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, that does a lot of awesome and amazing work helping free, uh, First uh, First Amendment rights and free speech and certainly fair use things. Uh, they One of their members responded to me once saying, you know, how can you be telling all these indies and all these upstarts that they can't afford fair use? You know, fair use is, is the law. Fair use is a defense for people who are making something cool or new or unique or transformative enough. And uh, I, I just think that is so dangerous and su such not good advice because you can see from this case, one of the only wins we have in streaming or YouTube world about fair use and how expensive it was to get there. Uh, and again, the decision really doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. What does considering right. fair use mean? What is it's unless it is so egregiously maliciously against the video that has nothing to do with the copyright you're you're taking it down over, uh, you're going to be allowed to do it still. And I think playing somebody's song in the background of your stream is very obviously derivative and infringing and not allowed, uh, certainly yeah. under the law right now. Again, this might not be what Noah and I believe, but it's the law. I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I don't understand it, though. But like assuming that these people could even afford to go through the lawsuit. Who would have the time to do that? Like, imagine if every single video, like you just said, like what, like 700 bajillion hours of content get updated every hour on YouTube. How would that how would that work in a society where every single like video would go to court like that? That can't work that way. Well, that, would, that would be a great society for lawyers. Let's just That's start right. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't go to court most of that time. It's not like the dancing baby was sitting there deposed against Prince. It's just uh, that said, you know, yeah, it's expensive. It's ridiculous. The courts would be backlogged and it's never going to happen. Uh, so the things when, when something is so wrong like that, the way that our society works is we either accept this is not OK and stop doing it or we change the law. That's mm -hmm. so we don't backlog backlog the courts. And right now. I, it could really go either way. Uh, right now, you know, Twitch and, and companies like that, even with the games they're streaming, they all have licenses to stream those games. They're all allowed to be doing it. Streaming in and of itself is not allowed if the publisher of the game doesn't want you to, as we discussed on the PewDiePie episode. And it's, that was it's a good uh, episode, by the way. 
Thank you. Or like the Persona 5 fiasco where they were telling streamers not to stream certain parts of the game, which we did an episode on with Aurelian. Oh, yeah. Didn't we have to pull that one? I think it's a backlog episode. Well, you know, just, just, b- before the O'Connor. Speaking of Aurelian, who was a guest on that episode, though, she'll be back with us soon. The The long story short is don't use other music. Use music that you're allowed to use. And one of such ways to do that is with the lovely program Pretzel. So how expensive is Pretzel? And in all seriousness, this isn't going to turn into a commercial, but do run through what you do and, and what it is and how it works for streamers. And, you know, there are other competing programs, too. But I know the guys behind Pretzel, and I know that uh, I've known you for quite a while now. It's it, Time sure flies. And uh, I know you guys are in this for the right reasons and doing some cool stuff. So let's hear it. So basically what Pretzel is, and as I mentioned, it, you can find it at www.pretzel.rocks. That's R-O-C-K-S. Um, Pretzel is royalty-free music for live streamers, and we've got hours and hours and hours of stream-friendly music for content creators. Um, one of the one of the biggest problems we see is when content creators say, "Oh, hey, you know, I don't want to think about music in my stream," so they pull up Spotify and they just hit shuffle, and then they just go to town. Well, those folks are going to get in trouble. Pretzel is a player that where we work directly with the artist to get the right to issue synchronization licenses to the content creator. So if you're playing pretzel in the background of your stream um, and say a Tolan Shaw song comes on, Tolan Shaw is an incredible artist on pretzel, go check him out. Um, then we are issuing, issuing the content creator a synchronization license as soon as that music starts playing, just automatically by virtue of it being on the player. Um, pretzel, the great part is it's free. Um, and so you can download the desktop app. There's also a mobile app. However, the mobile app is hidden behind a wonderful premium wall, uh, which you can do. Um, what's included with premium, premium, essentially, you can directly support the musicians. Uh, right now, we got mobile uh, on there and high-quality streaming. Uh, it's, it's awesome and a great way to support your favorite artists. Now, with Pretzel, you can queue up your favorite songs, you can create a light playlist. Um, you can also, we've broken down songs by mood, so there's hype and epic and uh, chill, depending on what kind of stream you're doing. We also what have- What about Netflix and chill? Uh, you can Netflix and chill, it's just, uh, that would be kind of like the content we'd be arguing. Yeah, that'd be really weird. Um, then you'd run into a whole slew of other copyright issues if you're Netflixing on stream. Um, and, uh, <laughs> And then, um, but there's also, we've also split it up by like pop, hip hop, et cetera. Uh, we have a ton of EDM on there as well. So we've got something for everybody on pretzel. Um, and it's, do you the have first... the Rolling Stones? We do not. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing about pretzel is we don't have the Rolling Stones. We don't have Taylor Swift. We've got folks you've never heard of that are better. Pop's so played out anyway. Indie's where it's at. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, that stuff is cool. Yes, it's nice to hear songs you know and love that that your dad was listening to in the car as you were a child. But in reality, your stream is is about you and building it up. And, and these artists are up-and-comers themselves in many cases. And it's cool to kind of help each other grow. And these artists are basically saying, don't give us a paycheck. We're going to work together and promote each other. We'll give you some cool music for your background. You do a cool stream. And... Hopefully we both get noticed. And that's the beauty of the Internet. So how many genres of music do you have? Oh, God, we've got a lot. Our, our head of A&R, um, Ryan McKay, who's actually an artist that is on Pretzel. Um, he is with the, the D- DJ duo Made Monster. They're incredible. Check them out. But um, he's adding new music and artists all the time. We're adding uh, a new playlist all the time. We were actually, when we were at TwitchCon, 
we had a wonderful streamer who was in the um, at the pretzel house that we had. And uh, she came in and said, you know, I'm, I'm in between hype and I think it was epic. And I like switching between, but sometimes a song comes on that we don't like. And uh, Ryan said, oh, so you like major chord songs. And he created an entire playlist uh, called Happy. <laughs> and just for this wonderful streamer, joins Yes. So uh, the, there's no download. He's happy. No, that's, that's not on Pretzel either. <laughs> um, Thank God. <laughs> you just got a new customer in me if that stupid song is not on there. You know, I'll, I'll do my best to make sure it's never on there for you. Um, Thank but, you. Uh, I, I write the legal after all. So, um, yeah, we, you don't have to download or store MP3s locally. It makes it so easy, and it's just click it and go. Don't think about it. So it's actually free to use? That's pretty awesome. The desktop app the, uh, the, the desktop app and the browser app are both free. So you can actually go to pretzel.rocks on your uh, browser right now and create an account of sign-in using Twitch, um, Mixer, etc. So... Why is it Pretzel Rocks? I gotta be honest. I'm curious. Uh, because we rock. But what's the pretzel? Uh, well, because it's a cool name, um, and we like. Have you ever had a hot, fresh, steaming pretzel covered with salt served to you in a German brew house? Yes, I have. That is oddly specific, but the answer is yes. <laughs> you don't even drink beer, Austin. Don't... Why are you even asking these dumb questions? Because German food is amazing. You've never German been to food. a German beer house. Just move, move on, Austin. Don't entertain Austin's stupidity. <laughs> Rule one for guests. <laughs> I like Austin's stupidity. That's why I listen to your podcast. Um, so, <laughs> so pretzels, pretzel school, I recommend you check it out. And that is all I'm going to do selling for the day. Oh, awesome. So long story short, we got to wrap it up in a minute. But what is your advice for the up and comer? How do, how do they uh, go about this the right way? Is there a way to message record labels? Is there a way to message artists? Is there an appropriate thing they have to ask when they do that? Is there some way they can be proactive about this on their own without a lawyer? Or is that just quite literally impossible. It, you can always reach out to artists. You can always do your best to to talk to these artists directly. They will likely not return your call. Um, if you have artists that you have relationships with at a local level, that helps as well. Um, but one thing you're dealing with is as the artist might not necessarily know if they have that right. So you're always running the risk that their publisher will take you down. I recommend hitting up Pretzel because Pretzel, we, we can definitely be an easy solution for that. Don't trust most of the websites out there saying they have royalty-free music or that they're allowed to do it. Even if it is the most awful track you've ever heard in your life and you're like, well, no way anyone owns this. Someone owns it. So just... Be careful. But how am I supposed to know what royalty-free website music to trust? Sometimes when you get to those royalty-free websites, you can tell that somebody just like like was playing keyboard to sound recorder with just the, the webcam mic. And, and yeah, <laughs> he's probably not going to enforce the rights on that. But he might, and he does have rights. So just be careful with every one of those websites unless you can truly and accurately trace it to the owner, which is near impossible to do in most cases, even for lawyers sometimes, yeah. depending on the song. I, I mean, do your homework and I'll answer for you so you don't have to boost up your competitors, Noah. But yeah, I mean, you can do your homework. You can see who's behind it. You can see who is okaying it. Okay, so credibility is important. And, and that's really all you can do. Uh, you can ask and check to see licenses, I'm sure, but 99 times out of 100, you won't understand what you're reading anyway. 
I think most people listening to this episode didn't know there was a, a sync license versus a mechanical license versus a license, license to perform or anything else. And I think that's uh, that means you should have a lawyer help you or you should use a program that you know is okay. Exactly. That 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 is a perfect summation, sir. Bam. All right. Before we go, Noah, what is your favorite video game OST? Oh, jeez, man. Uh, my favorite, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go old school on here and half your listeners are going to hate me, but uh, I love the Halo soundtracks. They are incredible. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally respectable. No, that's a popular one for sure. No, the Halo soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the perception is that Halo is is bro game, but um, I, I love the Halo soundtrack. Um, I actually downloaded all of it, you know, totally legally back when I was a kid. Um, yeah. If, if what's, what's yours, Austin? Because I know you only ask questions that you want to answer yourself. Oh, no, I don't have to. It's good to know what you think about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morrison, you're the real expert on being able to talk about oneself. Really? Come on now. It's got you there, dude. <laughs> no, really. What is it, though, Austin? All right. Uh, the Baldur's Gate soundtrack's amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, Domina indie game on steam that game has a freaking amazing soundtrack uh moon hunters really good kingdom i don't know if i've ever mentioned that game before on the podcast but that's got a great soundtrack it's so chill oh my god and quite possibly my most favorite ever the homeworld 2 soundtrack all right oh i will write that down because we're actually working on maybe getting some osts onto pretzel people like listening to their osts Um, oh yeah for sure what's yours o'connor if i can cop out i'll say my uh grand theft auto vice city but those are actual tracks (laughs) yeah that's that's a huge cop out you just all right then hotline miami you jerk (laughs) fair fair enough do you remember mine? Oh my god, what kind of puzzle is this? Oh, do you remember my favorite color from summer of 53? It's the only soundtrack I've ever gotten excited about. Because I used this as the sales pitch to try to get you to play this game for like six months. Was it Ori? Was it World of uh, Warcraft? Because that's the game you try to sell close. us everything. Yeah, it was close. It was Wildstar. Wildstar oh. has the best soundtrack ever. Jeff Kurtnacker's the composer. That's awesome. Oh my god, all the super giant games too. Darren Korb, amazing. I don't remember how it goes, but it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd sing it for us. Yeah, Um, you just get so pumped. Oh, man, before we started this, you wanted to ask me about, like, D&D on my Twitter? Yes, I'm a nerd, dude. Like, Jesus, I just, I've got a great D&D campaign going. Typically, I'm a DM, but um, I finally got back to the point where I can actually play some because one of my friends finally learned how to DM. Oh, congrats on that. And so I'm I'm creating a rogue assassin that is OP as hell. Heck. Okay, so you're playing the fifth edition right now. Yeah, we're playing five E. Used to be a three five only, but I skipped what I skipped four and went straight to five because four was. Oh wow! So you skipped Pathfinder too. Yeah, yeah. I asked it Pathfinder for Pathfinder is O'Connor's jam. Well, all of it's my jam. Don't pigeonhole me. Well, I mean, we started in like second edition in the 90s when freaking came out. I think we were like 10 or 11 or something. Don't act like Morrison wasn't there. We can include him. I don't care about his reputation. No, it's the opposite. Austin shuns me from this world. The other day he messaged me and he's like, hey, I have something important to ask you. Oh, wait, never mind. And I was like, what? It was like 2 a.m. And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 never mind. And I thought it was like, who knows what he's working up the courage to talk about at 2 a.m. He murdered and, a guy. And, yeah, I thought I really thought it was like, I'm in serious trouble, man. I need help. And uh, he's like, well, I was thinking of starting an online D&D game, but I know that it's not your thing. It's like, screw you. Give me the invite or don't. Like, don't don't tease me with it. You do Yo. fluctuate in public. You're like, oh, well, come on. Let's not, guys, we can talk about something else. 
Well, I think it's just I'm forever scarred by the Quiznos story. Yes, we've talked about the Quiznos story a lot, and you're. <laughs> I want to hear about the Quiznos story. We talked about it on here with you. He came up to I was talking to this girl that I really liked in high school. We were hanging out at Quiznos after school. Austin came in and he was whatever. Austin comes up and he's like, hey, Dungeons and Dragons Friday. You're going to be an elf. <laughs> like it's it was the worst thing he's ever done. I would I would happily play online D&D games with all three of you anytime you want. So we should we should stream it on Twitch. And no. use pretzel in the background. Oh, okay. You're gonna have to get some Baldur's Gate and like Darkest Dungeon and and other amazing RPG music. Yeah, tell you what, you get nerd music on pretzel, and we will do a D and D stream on Twitch. We already have nerd music on pretzel. We're doing this. You just committed. Damn it! <laughs> oh, I was a trap. We can only stream it if you promise to invite the the girl from high school, Austin. Do you even know who she was? And I think there are other people. I honestly I'll, don't remember. I'll invite a girl from high school. Yeah, that just seared into my mind that like you don't like RPGs. I repressed that that moment of my life so badly that I don't remember anything about it other than literally just I. It was like those movies where everything gets blurry around you, and I just beeline focused tunnel visioned at you. And I was, I was going to murder you. But you remember what sandwich you were going to get? It was going to be the Italian. Always. That's the only one I ever got. <laughs> Thousand percent. Itali- Italian all day. Ah, yes. The glory of Quiznos before the great sandwich wars and their fall. <laughs> Quiznos was the greatest thing in the world. And it's just, it's sad that it's gone now. I mean, there's a couple around. They're just awful. Subway won. Well, no. Subway was smart. Subway raced them to the bottom and Quiznos couldn't keep up. Quiznos' whole ad campaign was like, Hey, you can go eat that crappy Subway sandwich, but look at our fine meats. Look how good this is. Quiznos is the best. And then Subway was like, we are crappy. And now our footlongs are five bucks. You can't beat that. And Quiznos was like, we'll do six bucks. And Subway's like, sorry, not close enough. And Quiznos was like, fine, we'll do five bucks. But now we're using crappy meat too. And all of a sudden Quiznos had nothing better than Subway because Subway also got a toaster and it was game over. Yes, and the rarely mentioned Blimpies who fell out very quickly. My only, (laughs) the only reason I like to go to Seattle is because they have a Quiznos right by the airport. <laughs> they do? You yeah. lie. You lie. There's Look, a Quiznos lot of things the, to like about Seattle, though. The, the West Coast is so bad at food in every capacity that they Whoa. still have Quiznos out here because they just haven't heard that they all shut down yet. <laughs> Instant 30,000 people just unfollowed Ryan Morse. I don't care. The West. Anyone on the West Coast who thinks they have good food, especially L.A., is just so disgustingly embarrassed no it's just anyone on the west coast that thinks they have good food has not eaten on the east coast that's true. i'm in richmond i'm in the home of good food this place is amazing richmond does have very good food i i mean i new york is the food capital of the world no one's going to convince me otherwise i would say la though is the the highest the the greatest esteem for the lowest quality that i've ever seen in my life Whoa. it's insane greatest esteem for the lowest quality that should be legal zoom's motto ha <laughs> 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 lawyer banter snap Avocado is like not not it's fine. It's you know, it's 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 fine. It's, it's OK. It doesn't it doesn't need to be on everything. Well, what actually, people, I didn't understand until I, I came out to L.A., but like it is on everything. Anything that you know and love from the East Coast also has avocado here. So it's not a BLT. It's a BLTA. And I'm not even kidding. Any men- time you see it on a menu, it's Why? a BLTA. It's because they, they have nothing out here. They're, they're just they just they are like well, growing up. It is a simple, flavorful, fatty food. That's because there's fat don't... in it. How do you trust a fruit with fat in it? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it's against God. All right. On that note, you can follow Noah. Where can people follow you? People can follow me on the Twitter um, at my lawyer friend. Uh, you can follow me on the Facebook um, 
It is at my lawyer friend. <laughs> Get at me, branding. And then you can also follow me on the Twitch at, at my lawyer friend. I made the joke at PAX South that I was going to start streaming in March of 2018, and people are trying to hold me to that. I don't I'm recommend excited it. about it. I had thought about streaming as well. You should, Austin. You have a you you would be great at a streamer. Yeah, you're really good with <laughs> with improv and people <laughs> talking down to you very fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Ryan Morrison. You can follow me on Twitter at Robot Austin. And you can follow the show at Robot underscore Congress. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on iTunes. And Hashtag leave five, five stars to only. <laughs> five or stars don't. Only. Good night. That was a HeadGum Podcast.